You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Good morning. I thought Greg was going to say something there. Good morning. It's the Ottawa Real Estate Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with Greg Campbell, David Warren, and we like real estate. We do mortgages. We do real estate. So <laughs> <laughs> what we do. We're here again. We're here again every week. So Live I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Paul Stevenson. I'm one of the owners of uh, Referral Mortgages here in Ottawa, and I'm a mortgage agent. And uh, Greg Campbell is a partner at Blue Panda Realty, focusing on helping buyers and sellers both sell and buy homes and uh, David and succeed and, and succeed. And Dave is uh, David Warren is my business partner. Referral mortgage is also an owner and a mortgage agent and uh, goes without saying, we're always available to chat here and offline. So if you have questions, we're here to chat. Gentlemen, how was the week? Definitely. Week, week was good. I, uh, yeah, no, no real complaints on my end. I think, I think Greg's looking like he might, but, uh, <laughs> have some complaints. I don't know if I have any complaints. My week was actually, um, it was good. I mean, I, I wrapped up, I think I mentioned last time I wrapped up a lot of business last week that had been kind of lingering, mm-hmm. which was good. This week was a little bit more chill. I did, however, submit two offers and I lost big ones, um, which I didn't enjoy. But, you know, as I always say, it just means that that was not the right house for those buyers. That's Somebody true. Find something else. What was yeah, the circumstance on those? Was it just uh, like it was a bid? Was it just outbid. not? The, mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious, but I mean, <laughs> I guess that's yeah. not the right question. Uh, was there a lot of offers? Like what was the kind of the overall? One, uh, one property had three offers, including ours. The other one had six, including ours. So I had a sense that we were going to lose on both, but um you know what? It was also my first time submitting with both of these buyers. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's how it goes. You lose one and then uh, hopefully you get the next one, so, not the and, seventh one. And sometimes it's good though for, uh, for, for buyers, you know, as frustrating as it can be to, to lose on your first one, but at least getting, you know, some people getting their feet wet of putting in an offer, uh, kind of gets their mind in a different, uh, yeah. In a different lane. Right. For sure. It does. And I mean, to be fair, the first one, I don't think it was uh, the right buy, you know, you kind of just guide and you make, you, you know, you can't really make the decision for them, but you just say, I just want you to know before you submit this offer, this is how I feel about the property. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately it's your decision. And then they're, you know, they're like, no, we want to go ahead. And they're like, thank you for, for that. We appreciate it. I'm like, okay, cool. <clears throat> because it needed like, it needed a lot of work. And I was like, yeah. just so you know, you're going to have about $150,000 of work to do in here over the next couple of years. And they're like, yeah, no problem. I'm like, all right, <clears throat> sweet. <laughs> and Guidance that's 20, succeeded. And that's 2020, 21 buying. You're going to have to do 250,000 in renovation to this home. That's worth 400. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah we're going Let's <laughs> go. go. Let's go. Fire, fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. pretty, it's pretty wild. The, I mean, we talk about it week over week and it is ever changing, but, uh, you know, I've still, we saw a property we were talking about it yesterday internally at the office, uh, property, <clears throat> excuse me, two bedroom townhome just came out for uh two forty, I think in Ottawa, like 15 minutes from downtown. They're like, there are still properties two, out there. Two bedroom townhome. Yeah. Two bedroom townhome. We'll send for it to you. We'll send it offline. Mm-hmm. 19, uh, 1970s. 
We'll send it to you. Yes. We don't, we don't need all. We don't need all the offers going in on it when you got a buyer. <laughs> Three hundred offers. I think, offers. I, know, uh, I, think but I know are, that they is. Are, I think they I know what you're talking about now. They are out okay. there. Um, and uh, yeah, and then you, and then the flip side of that is that you know we were looking at an article which we'll pull up later in the show, I think, but showing that the average home price in in Canada, sorry, now is seven hundred and fourteen thousand. I think it was or seven fifteen. And when, interestingly enough, they actually went through every city and kind of gave you a, an idea as to what you could get for that price. Well, we might as well go through it. There's no point in uh, precursing <laughs> and, it. Yeah, let's go through it. And I'll prelude it and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. And, to, and to add to this, before we get into it, uh, just so you know, I went, to, went in and looked. And in the notes at the bottom, there's someone posting. And of course, they leave out our city, Ottawa. And then I reply. And you can probably see it in there now if it's a live, it's a live feed that Stephen has up. It says, it says, I was about to say the exact same thing. Maybe you should get the real information on the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. <laughs> and those are all the listeners currently. Is it in there? <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Don't tell me they, they booted me off for promoting or something. <laughs> Just buried in the comments. But uh, so, I mean, this article really, Paul, it's, uh, it's comparing the different cities and what you're getting for the average price across Canada. Right. I think it had 717000 is the average home price. Um, and that's covering all cities across Canada. So it's including Vancouver and Toronto where, you know, average price is over a million. Yeah. So like go, that, let's but... go through a, f- a few at the beginnings. It's pretty funny. So this is Vancouver. This is the, uh, you know, uh, I think it was what 600. I can't actually read. It's a bit smaller. So it's 600 square feet. Yeah. I wouldn't be Loft. surprised. I'd have, uh, that's I'd a client, looks, looks a little bigger. I had a client appraised at uh, 1.1 in Vancouver for a uh, 680 square foot condo. So mm. um, this might be yeah. 400. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is, this is Vancouver. So you get a nice little, you know, nice little corner living room and then a door. Uh, no, no, I'm kidding. You get a little, mm-hmm. it looks like a, you know, a little eating kitchen. Very trendy. Do you know this area, Greg? Oh, Greg's on mute. Or is that me on mute? Nope. That's Greg. No? Okay. Um, well, he'll get his sound back eventually. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about that. The big, the funniest in the thing. background. That's okay. The funniest <laughs> thing is when you look at this and then, uh, so this is, this is Vancouver. So 716,000 units. It's a nice spot. It's a nice spot. Calgary. You're kind of getting uh, is that a single family? It looks like. Looks good. What, what I thought was funny was when you get out to Moncton or kind of like the East coast and you have these like estates, like this is okay. This is getting a bit better. Where's this? What location? That's Calgary. I think. Regina. Regina, Regina. That's a little more realistic. That's like Ottawa, you know, five years ago, 700,000 would get you the beautiful single family home. Uh, there was one that had like a wine cellar and this might be it. When- <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Moncton. Yeah. Full wine cellar, a eh? thousand bottles. Amazing. Yeah. In Halifax. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly always interesting. Mm. The one in Sorry to all the people that are too. just listening and not uh, not viewing, but uh, you can view this on YouTube if you if you really like. <laughs> uh, so this week we w- we did want to get into some questions. So this is just kind of fun. We were looking at this before we went on air and thought uh, that it might be of interest to people. I'll actually or Stephen, I'll, I'll get the article in the in the uh, chat box. Yeah, um, but we did have a question this week regarding something we've talked about many times, the potential in quotes bubble, the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, do you have that que- the actual question itself that the, uh, the gentleman sent in?
That's okay. I'll uh, I, I can read it out here. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So this is so someone uh, someone wrote to us and said, "Hey guys, I just listened to your last episode. Good content and mood boosts as always." Thank you. Uh, I thought I would ask a question for your next episode. I've seen arguments for an impending bubble burst in real estate since as long as I could remember. Recently, I've noticed an increase in the comparisons between the current low interest rates in Canada and the 2008 financial meltdown. The gist of it is that interest rates will inevitably rise in the coming years, which will stretch many homeowners' budgets, forcing them to sell, which will drive prices downward. How realistic is this? I imagine it would be bad news for anyone who has bought a house in the last year, but it would be welcome news for those who have been priced out of anywhere. Would appreciate your thoughts on this. Keep up the good work. I have one comment. What was the first line that he said? He's like, for as long as I can remember, I've been hearing mm-hmm. about a bubble bursting. Well, there's your answer right there. For as long as you can remember. Is that is that 10 years that you've been hearing about that and it still hasn't happened? Yeah. We're, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's just a I good mean, point to start on. The um Paul and I did a webinar this week and, uh, and somebody, you know, multiple people is a first time home buyers uh, webinar. And a number of people kept asking about, you know, is the bubble coming? Is the bubble coming? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the bubble is price going to drop. And, and the simple answer is, uh, you know, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, you know, and, and really it comes down to a number of protections. The difference between 2008, which if you look back at the Canadian market, we actually didn't see a drastic drop in home values across the Ottawa mar- across the Canadian market and landscape because we actually, uh, the, the rules and regulations and the way that we uh, underwrite mortgages in Canada is much different than the US. We also have mortgage default insurers, which which insure the banks. Uh, in the States, it was much different where they were uh, selling off very high-risk loans and, and packaging them together and selling them off on the market, the worldwide market. Um, in Canada, since 2008, we've instituted a number of things like we talked about the other week, the stress test, most importantly, in 2018, um, this was instituted where mortgages, instead of being prior to 2018, mortgages were underwritten uh, or factored at what the five-year fixed rate would be. So if your five-year fixed rate was 2%, what you could qualify for a mortgage was based on 2%. So in the case of that, where interest rates rose, then then hypothetically, you know, could they afford those when they're up for renewal after five years? That begs the question over that, you know, also over that five years, you're paying down principal on that mortgage. So you're renewing at a lower, you know, at a lower Mm -hmm. loan amount. Also your income over that five years, likely with any sort of inflation will have increased as well. Um, However, 2018 federal government instituted the stress test where now your mortgage rate might be at 2%, which is your actual payments, but your uh, mortgage is being calculated and factored based on the top six banks, average five-year fixed posted rate. So right now that is 4.79 for conventional mortgages as of June 1st, that's going to 5.25. And this is what your mortgage payments and what your mortgage qualifying is based on for your max buying power. But your payments right now, some people are as low as one and a half percent on a five-year variable. So they're being qualified for a mortgage at four seven nine. Your payments are at one five. You need it to increase three x in order to actually not be for that. So it's just from a qualifying standpoint, it's much different. You would need the even the pandemic has shown 
industries can shut down and, and it's still not affecting or, you know, it's affecting people and their incomes. But by and large, there's a lot of ap- aspects of our economy that are propped up with, with multitude of, of programs. That was amazing, David. Um, and I also, I wanted to go back to what you touched on at the beginning there. Like this is key, I think for people wondering about what's going to happen when they have to refinance in five years, because that's, that's a big point of conversation lately. And you just nailed it there. You know, they, they bought their house, you know, depending on what their down payment was, um, their mortgage their at the renewer, the price will be lower on their mortgage and their home will be worth more and they could potentially have an increase in salary. So mm-hmm. basically they, even when they renew that, that, that's the big fear, right? Will they be able to afford it when they renew in five years? The question is, well, chances are their property will be worth more money. They'll have, they'll be earning more money at their job and their mortgage will be lower because they already have equity built in. And, and as a worst case, so, you know, you get a, uh, a, you get a 25 year amortization, you're up for renewal after five years, you now have, you know, have 20 years remaining, you, you paid down the mortgage, your income has likely gone up even with, you know, regular inflationary increases. Um, but on renewal, you could actually increase your amortization. You could, you know, somebody could even increase it to 30 years if they were worried about payments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and stretch that out an additional 10, 10 years to, to lower their monthly carrying costs. So the likelihood of, you know, a housing crash when we've got so much, so much demand, you, you need, you need sur- supply to outstrip and outweigh demand by, you know, multiple fold. And then you need more than a pandemic clearly for people's incomes to collapse, um, for them not to be able to make those payments. Um, because of the, and, and the way that we're factoring what people can qualify for on those mortgages. So people being able to afford a, uh, you know, a million dollar home, this is being qualified as if their payments are based on almost 5%, uh, of an interest rate where they're paying one and a half. So there's a, there's a huge, diff- a huge discrepancy there, uh, when it comes to, you know, bubbles bursting or, or what would be needed in order for that to happen. 100%. I think that nailed it. Anyone listening to that was just, okay. I I think that everyone feels a bit more comfortable after that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. And I mean, taking from that into what I was speaking on earlier, those uh, little bullet points I have from that other article I read, you know, they're talking about that the benchmark rate's going to be unchanged. Um, And they're talking about like a crash is hard because the demand is still soaring and the housing inventory is still down. You know, so as long as that's the fact that you said, how can it, how can it crash? Um, there was a couple little add-ons here that I got, uh, there's talk going around about a mandatory financing condition coming in, which I think is amazing. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, that just the transactions are going to be reviewed a little bit more, um, during that, that process. Um, you know, if there's something selling for $250,000 over list price, there could be a a watchdog reviewing the transaction at the same time, which I think. I, I mean, think the is that bad? I don't know. I think the first I think the first one that you mentioned of a mandatory finance clause I think is absolutely fantastic and protects yeah. everyone in the transaction. It protects the seller. It ensures that the person that you're selling to can afford that home. They can close on that home because as we've been hearing more and more there's, you know, people that aren't closing um because they, you know, something came up. Protects the realtor because you know, all the, the client that's buying has to satisfy their conditions of financing. They know appraisal has been signed off on, et cetera. It protects the client. 
knowing that they're not going to get left holding the bag and in a difficult situation and protects the bank or the mortgage broker because it gives them time to figure out, you know, and make ensure that that client can qualify. Um, it's this, this rule has been around in Quebec for a number for a, quite a while uh, of a mandatory uh, finance clause. And so for people that don't know much about the, the Quebec market, just across the river is the, is that, when buying a home, there's a mandatory 10-day um, finance clause. And in order to waive your condition of financing in Quebec, the buyer has to provide a letter from the bank that states that they that all conditions have been satisfied for that mortgage, including appraisal, income documents signed off, proof of down payment, everything under the sun in that 10 days. And they're provided a letter that says, yes, know they're they're approved and not only just approved all conditions waived um the the flip side of that somebody wanting to go in unconditional the only way that somebody can go in unconditional in quebec is if you have if you provide an investment statement or a bank statement showing you have the cash to purchase that property outright or an existing secured line of credit or credit facilities that would be able to purchase that property outright. Those are the two only scenarios. And, and I think Ontario going that way would be uh, hugely beneficial for protecting everyone in the, in the buying and selling cycle. Yeah. 100%, man. I mean, uh, anyways, Paul, any comments? <laughs> well, we, we actually have a, we have another question here, but no comments on that. The only thing I saw recently that, uh, I was reading an article before about that. They were, I think it was the globe and mail or financial post. They were talking about, uh, the impending again in quotes bubble, uh, which, you know, we've said redundantly that it's, it doesn't exist at least in our minds. But, uh, the big thing they said was again, what Dave commented on, I think a week or two ago was about the immigration as well coming to Canada that, they, you know, they, they have seen, I think, in the last 12 months, it was 700,000 or something. I know it was 400,000. I think Dave, they were projecting for this year, mm -hmm. but I think it was 700,000 was the number they had in the article, uh, which, you know, that's, I mean, our population a few years ago was only, I think 37 million. So, I mean, that's almost, you know, one thirty-seventh of the population increase. It's a pretty big percentage of, uh, you know, it's a two, 3% growth. And, uh, there's just not enough supply. I mean, there's, there's no way that even if every single builder in the country was just building nonstop, for the next year, we still would probably be at a point where it's maybe balanced, you know? So I think we still have a way to go before we see any sort of, uh, well, I, I don't even want to say burst, but I mean, I think things are going to trend. Balance. Yeah, balance. Even just for balance, it's yeah, going to be balance. wild. Yeah. But even to, mm -hmm. even to that point, Paul, like, you know, 700,000 over last year, you're saying that doesn't include non-residents. Like that's people getting their permanent residency card or becoming, or coming to Canada as um, citizens. That's not including like, uh, uh, you know, people coming here for school, you know, and obviously this past year has been different, but going forward, uh, international students coming here for university, non-residents moving here, people buying a second home in Canada, um, or vacation home, what have you. But, uh, you know, that doesn't include that. You obviously have over uh, demand over and above, you know, people immigrating to Canada. Um, but, so, uh, yeah. so we do have, uh, this is, it's a, kind of a good follow-up question. So Stena says, I have a question. Are you currently seeing a drastic difference between appraisal estimates and sold prices? Wondering if this is affecting the level of funding people are able to qualify for their mortgages. So I have seen it once recently where the appraisal came in slightly light of what the 
purchase price was. Um, but it doesn't actually happen as, as much as you may think. I mean, typically, again, if, if you're working with, uh, with a, an educated realtor and, uh, and so on, I mean, your, your prices should, unless it's an extreme circumstance. I mean, you would think that we would have seen that probably more in, you know, January to March when things were just off the chains and there was like no conditions, 25 offers on a house, uh, that sort of stuff that people would be overpaying and, and it may have happened, but I, I certainly didn't see it. Dave, did you see, uh, any come in outside? I mean, even no. we have, and we have a lot of agents in the office and I didn't even hear rumbles of it. So it's definitely not something that happens that often. I, th- I think over, I think out of the four, four to 500 transactions that our, our team's done over the last uh, 12 months, um, I think we've had maybe three mm-hmm. that have been light. Um, you know, we don't see it. And, and I'll go back to that. You know, when we had Emily Murdoch from independent appraisals on, you know, a number of months ago, you know, you obviously, you know, we were comp, we were talking about, you'll obviously have outliers, you know, you'll have properties where somebody bids, you know, in Barhaven that 1.1 where everything else is going for 900, things like that um, happening last year. Those you'll have as outliers. Those won't hit appraise. Those appraisals won't hit, but by and large appraisers, are having to take into account and looking at, um, you know, removing those outliers, but you know, you'll get those the odd time, but for the most part, they've been hitting and we haven't seen, uh, too many issues, but it's something where Paul said, like talk, having a good real, your realtor and your mortgage broker working hand in hand, when you're putting in that offer they're they're having, they should be having that discussion behind the scenes of, okay, well, what are you thinking for purchase price? Okay. Like, you know, what are comparables like, like, you know, are we going to, what's going to happen there? Uh, is, you know, is a, is client Y going to be, uh, stuck holding, holding the bag on that or what's, you know, how does that look? And, uh, and doing that, you know, doing the, having that conversation up front, which I think is vitally important, um, between the professionals that you're working with. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, appraisers are looking at the property itself, but they are also looking at direct comparables. Like they're looking at a lot of the same information that, that your real estate agent or, or that we would be looking at through purview or, or any of the kind of internal systems that we have. I mean, they're using a lot of the same systems. So you should be able to have a pretty accurate idea as to what it will appraise at or what the, you know, Greg, like, how do you have, how do you go into those conversations with clients? If they say, you know, if it's listed at 500 and comparables are at 625 and they really want to go in at 675, like, is that the conversation you're having is like, this may not appraise at this price and we need to be ready for that. Yeah, of course. I, I always have that conversation where I say it may not appraise at that price. And I also say, don't expect, you know, in a year, if you're going to go sell it to it, be worth 50,000, you know, even maybe $25,000 more than it is right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 I'm very clear on it, uh, on conditions and appraisals and everything. One of the thing that I, I wanted to say is that based on, on the appraisal system, I was talking to an appraiser a while ago and, you know, for one that had sold 150 was 155 over. And there was nothing in the neighborhood that had sold to, to warrant that at all at the time. One week later, there was three more sales. Mm -hmm. So they were, the, the lender was okay with it. Like they doubled, like he checked and then they went back again a few days later because it was challenged after those new ones were sold with like a couple of days after he had done the uh, appraisal. 
I think, yeah, I just think like Emily that. had suggested that, rolling, right? Or Davey suggested that to when you buy yeah. the home, just book the appraisal for two or three months two down weeks. the road when it will be yeah, worth it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try, yeah if, you, if you have a little time on your hand, try not rushing that appraisal. If you went, uh, if you went crazy over, try and wait, try and wait it out. Uh, if you can, if you have a three month close, maybe wait a month and a half before doing that appraisal. So you could hopefully have uh, some others and you're not the other, the only outlier. Yeah. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's funny how, how the market changes and, 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 you know, an appraiser knows, you know, might know that the market is trending that way. However, they have appraisals are point in time. Appraisals are dated and they value and they state within them the value of this home as of April 30th. This is the, this is what the value is as of today. Um, it's, you know, and, and, and appraisals have a, a lifetime to them as well. Like they're only valid for a period of time that the lenders will use them because they, you know, the market does change so drastically and they need to account for that of any losses or, or gains. But, you know, obviously in their eyes, it's more of the loss standpoint, but, um, also just reminding myself that, uh, to, to mention to everyone, it's April 30th personal taxes are due today. Um, <laughs> Dave giving further tax advice. Eh? Don't forget about, uh, talk to, talk to your accountant Anyone out about there your waiting personal on their t- Filing their T4 or their, uh, take up taxes. It's due today. Dave Reminder. just, Dave just oh, struck, announcement. Dave just struck fear in a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Dave, uh, yes, you, you said that you saw that you were speaking with, uh, someone else in the industry this week and they were mentioning, uh, something in regards to, uh, I think it was negotiations, right? They were, they were able to get a deal from just that transparency, those, those transparent conversations. Uh, yeah, I was, um, an avid realtor listener, um, of, uh, of good old Torup, but, uh, he was mentioning to me that, uh, he had a listing presentation this past week. Um, hmm. and the client had interviewed a number of other realtors and their, their house is, you know, is in uh, Dunrobin and they, other realtors were suggesting listing at 800, 900 actual market values about one, one. And they're, and they were saying, you know, we'll list low and, and drive prices up. And, um, and, and his recommendation was, you know, let's list at market. And he won the, and had that conversation of, you know, that, what we're seeing on the market and what we talked about the last couple of weeks, Greg, you, you mentioned talk, seeing it is that people offers day would come and go with no mm-hmm. offers. And then they're listing at a higher price. And, and everyone is looking at that of, wow, that's ridiculous. And you're idiots. Um, because they were pricing it, arbit- you know, purposely low, hoping to drive offers and they just never came, uh, because people know that game now and they're not willing to you know play mm-hmm. that game, so to speak. Uh, so he won the listing, be- you know, and he feels he hasn't outright asked, but he, he, he's pretty confident. He won that listing because he had the conversation of true pricing, true market value listing, you know, in that realm and not playing that game of let's hope to drive offers of, you know, two and 300,000 over, um, you know, and, and kind of that realist aspect. So I thought that was interesting. I thought it was an interesting comment, certainly something that we've been touching on the past couple of weeks with, with offer days and things like that. But Greg, have you continued to see the market, uh, flooded with new listings? Like what's the yeah. kind of list count week over week? I know last week there was a huge uptick. So there was a huge uptick. Uh, it stopped a bit at the beginning of the week. Uh, but in the last three days, I mean, again, in Orleans alone, what was I just looking at here? Oh no, that's a different thing. Um, in Orleans alone, I think there's like another, uh, 30 listings or so in the last couple of days. That's, you know, that's across the board. Uh, most, mostly rose, but you know, detached as well. 
mm-hmm. um, steady. Mm-hmm. Like I'm this week, this weekend, I, I'm out with four buyers this weekend. It's crazy. Like you said, out of nowhere, all the listings come out and they're like, you know, we want to go, we want to go. And, mm-hmm. and, and meanwhile, meanwhile, I was out with a couple of them on Tuesday and Wednesday <clears throat> and there was only one. And they're like, Oh my God. Like, I hope, I hope there's something else that comes out. I mean, this one's nice, but I don't know if I want to pay this much for it. And then literally the next day, <laughs> they just start coming out, coming and coming. I'm like, don't worry about it. I mean, and it's, it's only the end of April. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think there's going to be even more changes in the next couple of months for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what, uh, what, if anything changes again, you know, in the, in the Ontario market and Ottawa market, uh, at the end of May, because, you know, uh, with, you know, we're still under technically a lockdown. And so, you know, people's mentalities, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm curious to see if after the 20th or after this lockdown is over, if that, if listings will increase even further or what that looks like, or whether it's, or whether, you know, what we're seeing is, you know, regular people listing because they're not, you know, because, you know, they just need to sell and then not worried about the lockdown, you know, this, this lockdown as much. I'm not really sure people's mentality. And I think the numbers will be interesting to see that final week of May or, or two weeks after the lockdown closes of, or, or lifts, I should say. Um, yeah, I agree. I so. That's what we should do. We should have a, uh, we should have the province of Ontario do the case counts and then the homes listed. So we can just see like a rolling, <laughs> we can see how they wow. uh, see them on the chart. You, you know? know what? Let's get, let's get, uh, let's get Morris on that. Let's get him to, cr- yeah. to create us a, a graph. I'm sure he, I'm sure he would take that away and, uh, and build some, uh, build some sort of pretty graph for us. I just, I mean, Actually, I wonder if they're ahead. just, oh, I was just going to say, it'd be interesting to see what, if there, if there is any sort of correlation between listings and, just the overall, like when lockdown started, when they ended, um, because really it doesn't seem like it's had any effect, but it would be interesting to actually see the the numbers on that. I mean, these are all assumptions we're making. So Kevin's, uh, Kevin's got some new systems in place. I'll probably be happy to show it by the way. I want to congratulate Kevin Morris on his first, uh, listing sale. Wow. He did. Uh, wow. I, I gave him a little bit of a hand on it. He had his first big listing in Orleans. It was a complete, uh, reno job and uh, multiple offers. And he, Knocked it out of the park. That's awesome. There yeah. you go. That's exciting. Yeah. Work, good work, Kev. Yeah, buddy. If he's listening, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we have a, a few new agents in our office too, and and I think it was three of them that had their first uh, first deal close this week. So it's a it's cool. a big step. You know, it feels like you're in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Uh, any other, uh, yeah. Any other, <laughs> Greg, I know you had a couple a uh, couple points you wanted to go over when we first started the show. Did you have no, anything that, we haven't that's, covered or? Uh, no, no, I hit on those at the and uh, after David went on about um, the bubble bursting. That's the, those were the only points that I had. Bubble boy, bubble boy. <laughs> it, it was. It was. Wasn't there a movie Bubble Boy with John? No, it's Seinfeld. A Seinfeld yes. episode of Bubble Boy. There's actually oh, there's a movie called The Boy in the Bubble with John. Oh, Travolta. okay. Yeah, that's the bubble. The Bubble Boy episode, Seinfeld episodes are gold though. Those are great. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we get into the mood boost, Paul? Mood boost. Um, yes, I'm in need. I also, uh, side note, if anyone hasn't seen it, I'm just going to plug it anyways. Um, I watched my octopus teacher last night. Quite Mm -hmm. fascinating. Quite fascinating. Onto the mood boost. Number one, I got four today. Again, two and two. What is number one? What is a musician's favorite pastry? Drum rolls. Yeah. 
German comedian sausage jokes are always the worst. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, Number three. How do you weigh a millennial? In Instagrams. <laughs> uh, number number four. Did you hear about the cheese factory that exploded in France? There was nothing left but debris. Oh, shields. <laughs> wow. Uh, the debris one's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I like the debris. They're very good. I'm 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 very intrigued though by the name of this show that you watched. I. I'm going to have to definitely look it up. It's not descriptive oh, yeah. at all. So I, I'll, uh, give, I'll give the call. I, I watched the preview a while ago, but I've never it's sat wild. down to watch it. Yeah. So this guy, uh, it's the tip of Africa, I think somewhere in Africa on the, on the coast. Um, he basically go, he's, he grew up on the water near the water. Basically, I'm going to butcher this. Basically goes and uh, finds this small area. He used to, you know, scuba dive, starts free diving with no scuba tank in this kind of like kelp, farm like area and he finds this octopus one day and basically he starts recording and going every single day and builds this ridiculous relationship with this octopus and i'm just like completely blown away i knew octopus were pretty wild but when you actually have like this in-depth of a relationship and like you can see the interaction and how smart and intelligent this thing is it's 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 mind-blowing to be honest and uh it's got a crazy crazy story Crazy so story. it's actually it's a documentary. About, it's like a, okay, I, yeah, I yeah. that's mm. what I was very confused on. That's very, yeah, no, it's not yeah, a Disney movie. This is an actual the, documentary, and it's it's pretty amazing. Wild. The main concept is that the octopus teaches him about himself and about life. Yes, wild. Yeah, and how he approaches it. Yeah, but they're cool. definitely aliens. I mean, they're, uh, they're crazy <laughs> animals. Like it makes me want to jump in the water, you know, but uh, not quite. <laughs> we'll get there when we can travel. I might be hunting for some octopi, you know? All right. Um, anyways, uh, for anyone who is tuning in for the first time, Greg, do you want to tell them why they can listen? I'm, uh, you're all, I'm you're all tuned out. You. Okay. Tuned anybody, out. if you, uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, you can see us, uh, Fridays live on Facebook, on our Facebook page, the Ottawa real estate podcast at 10 AM. After that, you can catch us on our YouTube channel. We're at, I think 80, is it 82 subscribers now? We're, we're getting up on hundred yeah. creeping. We're creeping 72. Creeping. Yeah. So once Very we get a hundred, it'll be, it'll be, you know, we'll have the link as the Ottawa real estate podcast. We got to get a hundred subs. So get on that, go in there and smash that subscribe button, everybody. Um, <laughs> but yes, you can go and watch us on YouTube. And then as of Tuesday at 10 AM, like the YouTube post, you can find us on all the aggregators, Spotify, iTunes, Google podcasts, uh, or you can just type in the Ottawa real estate podcast and find our RSS, RSSSS feed. And, I have uh, heard just, uh, every time you post it up, I have actually had a f- two people this week, reach out to me uh, about starting their own podcast and asking questions about microphones and RSS feeds and this and that. So it's uh, cool. yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and producers <laughs> are available. If anyone is looking, <laughs> I don't know, I don't we know, know someone who's great. Yeah. I don't know if that was out loud or not, but uh, we got, we got the connect. If anyone needs a, an excellent podcast producer, well, gentlemen, uh, any closing remarks going into the weekend? We're end of April now, so May showers or May flowers coming soon. May flowers, yeah, yeah. The showers are crazy outside right now in Orleans. It's madness here. Speaking of flowers, though, uh, it is. Uh, I'm near Dow's Lake, and it and the tulips are coming in uh, hot, heavy, hot and heavy. So uh, over the next week, they'll be prime for for going out and checking out if you're in Ottawa. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next Friday in May. 
Have a good week. Okay. Pretty coming. wild. Yeah. Bye, guys. All right. Deuces, ciao, everyone. Ciao. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.